welcome to episode 119 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about some critical habitat that's being proposed for 12 species found only in Hawaii. And I talk about another breed, this time the Bedlington Terrier. We learn about two new marine pigs and about our cooperative animal of the week. So let's dive into episode 119 of the Animal Addicts podcast. Welcome to episode 119 of the Animal Addicts podcast. As always, we are host Sally and Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super fun animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I watched Megan for the second time. I would say, hasn't that been out for a while? That's like the doll one, right? Yes. I thought they were making a series out of that, too. Oh, are they? Maybe I'm crazy. I thought they might make a sequel, but I've never heard anything about a series. But yeah. Maybe I just saw the movie on Peacock. I think it was on Peacock. So I saw it in theaters with my sisters a while back. I think both my sisters. I can't. No, it might have been just my little sister. Okay. And it's a horror movie. Yeah. And the synopsis is the woman makes a toy, animatronic toy for the girl who she's the guardian of. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually it she made it so it's like intelligent and learns and then it basically gets too intelligent along the way mm-hmm. and is given the directive to like protect her from any danger physical or emotional oh my gosh. and then things go downhill right it is an incredibly campy horror movie and so it's I love like it. chucky but not i mean it's still violent but not like evil doll mm-hmm. versus like overly protective now it's turned evil doll yeah okay so yeah there's like some of my favorite parts are like in the trailer like when she's going after this boy that was bullying the girl um she gets like on all fours like animals and starts just charging nope i think i saw that nope yeah or there's this funny part where she's like dancing in a hallway then all of a sudden grabs what it looks like a you know those paper cutters and then it basically turns into a sword oh like nice that. yeah if you kick if you pull it off yeah, yeah. so yeah i like i like campy horror movies they're <laughs> okay. funny they are enjoyable mm-hmm. all right well that's exciting you watched it again yes because horror movies and like nature webinars are my thing are your thing <laughs> I, i'm learning or i'm watching people get decapitated great it's, it's fun times fantastic I don't remember. I think we talked about it, but have you seen Final Destination with the I've dogs? seen all the Final okay. Destinations. <laughs> Do you have the same you have to get out from behind? Okay, good. No, like, when I've never seen, like, those, obviously, yet, but... Really? I, never? No. I'm shook. I, yeah. I well, at least time. not while I'm driving. Maybe when I was a kid and, okay. like, my parents were driving, I might have... But what I do see is, like, those guys in the trucks with, like, those metal poles sticking out because they're, like, doing some con- going to... Oh, they have, some- like, the little flag on the end of it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm worried about all those poles coming, coming off, off and hitting. Yeah. yeah, it's like, no. Either way, if it's a spherical type mm-hmm. thing, not really spherical because it's long, but anyway, you get out from behind it. Don't want to be behind those. I've been behind them on the freeway, and then I see them passing on the freeway. I go to Arizona all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but regularly, at least. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
so there you go. Horror movies, yay. It's not really a horror movie. I guess it's a horror movie. Yes, there. Final Destination is a horror movie. Okay, great. It's a very interesting horror movie. Yeah. Because, like, I always grew up watching slashers, which mm-hmm. is why I like the Final Destination movies, because, like, the killer is death itself. Yeah. That one, though, I think, I'm sure it's the same one, because I don't think I've seen mm-hmm. any of the other ones. I think I saw that one. I'm also, so I'm afraid of those trucks and also tanning beds. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that is ruined for me as well now. I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't like it. Anyway. All right. Well, speaking of watching things, I watched another documentary and I stuck with the supernatural. I will say I was By the way, every time you say supernatural, yeah. I see the notes and it's like, why are you watching supernatural? And it's like, oh wait, no. The First of all, Supernatural was a great show even though I stopped watching it at like season like 5. <laughs> but still, it was a great show. Yep. That the first two seasons were fantastic mm-hmm. of that show. Anyway, and then when Castiel came in, that was one of the best character entrances of all TV, I would say ever. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> um, I think Cat Cosplay dresses as Castiel oh, too. Really? I think he does, ah. and they should obviously call him Catstiel. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I watched this. Okay, so here's the thing. Remember before I was like, oh, there's one with penguins. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he'll mispronounce penguins because it's Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm a crazy person. Even as I was scrolling to it, I'm like, great, I'll watch the penguin one in antarctica it's not a penguin <laughs> i was like it's a white bird but it's not a penguin i'm like i bet there's not gonna be a penguin in this because its title is rivals and i'm like this isn't gonna be a penguin there were no penguins i was very sad anyway i was crazy anyway so this one was kind of borderline between safe and mostly safe but i'm gonna tip it to safe but there was definitely quite a lot of violence and like pieces of bodies hanging off at times so that was kind of rough anyway um but they talk about the Alcon Blue Butterfly. Woo! Horrifying, of course, to be reminded of that. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, the adorable European hamster, which I realize our main listeners don't know about because I'm pretty sure that was a bonus animal, wasn't it? <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. It was a bonus animal. Anyway. The giant hamster. They are the cutest things. Take a red panda and a hamster, and that's what you've got. They're the cutest. Anyway, and they show them fighting, which is sad because they hurt each other but the way they fight is a little bit comical they're like jumping in the air and twisting and it's like mm-hmm. in slow-mo and i'm like i'm sorry this is adorable hamsters are so violent with one another. yeah they're really mean though but anyway um and they are like yeah these fights can turn deadly but they didn't show one dying obviously but anyway but they're just so cute the european hamster is by far the cutest hamster in existence i will fight you <laughs> they are adorable anyway but uh, and then of course i did the alcon blue and that was a reminder of horrifying things not as horrifying as other things we talked about but mean things anyway and then they talked about all kinds of other critters but it was an interesting one excuse me why am i not remembering anyone else i talked about they talked about those birds i don't even know if they ever said what the birds are but they're off an island in scotland so there's that um and they're mean and they fight drastically um they talked about meerkats and a bird I forget what it's called. A, no, I don't remember what it's called. But it'll, like, sound an alarm if, like, there are eagles above. But then usually they'll just go and steal their food. <laughs> so they'll make the meerkats think that there's an mm-hmm. eagle above and they need to hide. And then they go steal their food. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. So. But then sometimes the meerkats catch wise and they're like, screw you. We're not going anywhere. Anyway, so it's interesting. And then they show hyenas versus uh, lions at one point. So that's a bit rough. <laughs> um, so that one's a bit crazy. Although. Hmm. They're showing the lions hunting, and a male was actually helping. Oh, really? I was shocked. Yay. I was like, oh, I think it was probably at the very end, though. But still, I was like, oh, my God, he actually got off his butt and assisted with hunting. 
Anyway, so it was. It it's was funny, is like the docu- uh, several documentaries I've seen is like they will show the male hunting mm-hmm. when it's like they're going after something big like a giraffe. Otherwise, it is just always the females. Yeah, it was a Cape Buffalo. Mm. It didn't look full, full grown, but it was, you know, obviously a Cape Buffalo. It was pretty big. Yeah. It may have waited until they had pretty much gotten it <laughs> and then just coming at the end. I don't know. But it did actually help while the buffalo was still standing. So I was like, oh, look at you actually assisting. Anyway, mm. so um, I don't, it was just funny though, because I don't know if it was the hyena. I think it was just the hyena was like walking toward the herd of Cape Buffalo. I don't know if they're called herd, but anyway, it was walking toward them and the buffalo are already walking forward. Like, you want to go? You want to do this? Mm-hmm. And there's like three of them. I'm like, you best back off, hyena. You're not thinking this through. Anyway, so it was crazy. Anyway, so there you go. So I'm, uh, it's borderline, but I'm going to give it safe. Just be aware that one is very violent. So be on the lookout for that. But uh, let's move into what we wanted to talk about today. Casey, what did you have for us? Some good news from the state of Hawaii. Okay. So, the there so basically they have designated critical habitat proposal um, for twelve species found only on Hawaii Island. Okay. So basically, critical habitat is a designation by Fish and Wildlife for basically important habitat that is essential for the living of a species to survive. So when you have that designation, it is better able, you're better able to regulate and protect it as opposed to just generalized habitat. Hmm, okay. And this I found, want to talk about a little bit because it's kind of interesting because um, it is critical habitat for 12 species. As I mentioned, they're all found on Hawaii, um, but they are actually plants. Okay. <laughs> Which I've. Uh, found interesting because like I always think of um, whenever you designate habitat for something you designate habitat for animals, animals and yeah. not the plants because I always tend to typically think of the plants as the habitat even though I know it's stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah. the soil the right, water right. and all that and it's very important because Hawaii actually holds the designation for having the most endangered habitat in the United States it sure does. And yep. who's number two? Us. Yes. Coastal state scrub. Anyway, but Hawaii mm-hmm. makes sense because mm-hmm. it's, you know, islands. There's not like it has anywhere else to go. <laughs> yep. So that's just one thing to think about is like we need to protect habitat, not just for the animals, but also for the plants because then those plants are also very important for the Yeah, I say, well, the plants feed the animals yeah. and provide the homes for the animals. Mm-hmm. So all of it's important. It's all the circle of life. Yes. <laughs> the circle of life. And also because they're pollinating, several of them are flowering plants, so they mm-hmm. have pollinators that they rely on and vice versa. Mm, okay. Yep. But the plan is to include about 122,277 acres of federal, state, and private and public lands. Okay. Cool. Yep. Good job, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it is time for another breed. And uh, it was a little tricky choosing one this time because obviously there are no dog breeds in Antarctica or in the ocean. So I made my decision based off of a dog that is white and then by who was the first explorer to discover or to get down to Antarctica. It was James Cook and he was British. So the British white species, mm. species, breed. Anyway, and I chose the Bedlington Terrier. And Casey, what group do you think they're in? The Terrier. Good job. You got it. <laughs> so they describe these guys as loyal charming and frolicking 
that's a fun one anyway all right so the history on them they look like lambs in the show ring and they're as gentle as lambs around the house so it comes as a bit of a shock to discover that bedlingtons spent most of the 1800s doing dirty and sometimes deadly work Created in the Northumberland Mining Shire that gave the breed its name, Bedlingtons were a working man's dog expected to be versatile enough to be employed as coal mine ratters, varmint killers, and pit fighters. Pit fighters? Fuck those people. Anyway, um, who would expect a Bedlington to be a pit fighter? That is a weird choice. The breed acquired the name Gypsy Dog because it was used by the Romani people as a stealthy poaching partner. An observer of the, of the uh, an observer of the breed's formative years wrote that the Bedlington was the smartest and quickest of our terriers. The first dog identified as a Bedlington Terrier named Piper was bred in 1825. It was said that Piper was so game that he was still dispatching badgers at age 14 and nearly blind and toothless. The nail makers, whatever that is, of Bedlington took a uh, fancy to the breed and became known for their plucky terriers. The Shires miners and nailers, I'm guessing people made nails. Like, huh. it's kind of like blacksmithing with making nails, I assume. Who knows? Anyway, the Shires miners and nailers wagered their salaries on epic dog fights, assholes, pitting their terriers against each other. A breed historian noted, Bellingtons were never a mischief maker, but once he started fighting, it was to the death. Happily for us, Bellingtons turned out to be even better lovers than fighters. Thanks to their ample charms, Bellingtons eventually rose from coal mines and nail factories to the manor house. British elites found Bellingtons to be big-hearted, lovable companions, as well as attractive to ornaments to their style-conscious lifestyle. Ugh. Both these people are gross. <laughs> but at least one's not killing them. Refinement and consistency in the breed began with the formation of England's National, National Bedlington Terrier Club in 1877. Nine years later, the AKC registered its first Bedlington. Today's citizens of Bedlington, England, are still proud of their most famous export. Bedlington's Northern League soccer team is called the Terriers, and the town has recently installed park benches shaped like its fleecy mascot breed. So, a little more about these puppers. Hey, Casey, how popular do you think they are out of 284? 117. That's pretty close. 152. Woo! Not super off. Anyway, um, all Remind right. Remind me to say something about the ranking in a bit, because okay. I don't think we mentioned it. All right. Uh, their height, they are 1, or excuse me, it's 15 to 17.5 inches at the shoulder, weight 17 to 23 pounds, and life expectancy 11 to 16 years. Uh, okay, here we go. Graceful Terriers in Sheep's Clothing. Bedlington Terriers named for the English Mining Shire where they were first bred are genial housemates, alert watchdogs, versatile athletes, and irresistibly cuddy TV time companions. Bedlingtons are lithe, energetic Englishmen. The crisp, curly coat, arched-backed, tasseled ears, scimitar-shaped tail, and fleecy, pear-shaped head are identifying features of this one-of-a-kind breed. As the curvy contours indicate, they're sighthound, uh, whippet, most likely, in their family tree. Bedlingtons move with a light, springy step, and when roused to pursuit, can run like the wind. Rollicking, charming, and full of fun, Bedlingtons want most to be their family's center of attention and are known to be protective of loved ones. For an active family looking for a no-shedding, lively, and loyal companion, the search might end here. They're very, uh, well, I should say they're, they're, 
grooming cut is very odd looking. So that's what kind of sets them apart for me. Anyway, the recommended health tests for these guys are patella evaluation, cardiac exam, copper toxosis, nope, tox toxicosis, sure, DNA tests, ophthalmologist evaluation, those are all the things they want you to look at, uh, grooming, open. The crisp curly coat of the Bedlington Terrier is a mix of soft and harsh, but not wiry hair. White fastidious owners, white, nope, <laughs> while fastidious owners will be happy to learn that it virtually does not shed at all. It grows very quickly and needs to be clipped every two months. Many owners learn the process, which involves both electric clippers and scissors, while others are happy to take their Bedlington to a groomer. In addition, a Bedlington needs to be brushed and or combed once or twice a week. As with all breeds, the Bedlington's nails should be trimmed regularly because overly long nails can upset, it can cause the dog pain as well as problems walking and running, like every dog. <clears throat> Bellingtons, like most terriers, have a fair amount of energy and require regular exercise to stay fit and happy. The breed is energetic, but not rambunctious or mischievous. A Bellington loves to play fetch or go on a long walk or run, but afterwards he's happy to just curl up on the couch with his family. Despite their lamb-like looks, Bellingtons were bred to chase small animals, and that's what they do. So they require a fenced-in yard and should be on a leash for all walks. Many Bedlingtons enjoy participating in agility, obedience, tracking, and earth dog competitions. What is, what earth is that? Dog? I haven't heard of that one before. Um, uh, though Bedlingtons can be stubborn, they are also both intelligent and eager to please. Bedlingtons do not respond to harsh training methods or physical correction, which can lead to battle of wills rather than obedience. Positive reinforcement techniques such as using praise and food as rewards are much more successful. That's that case for all dogs. All right, so there you go. That is the Bedlington Terrier. Um, and they're very interesting looking. If you haven't seen them before, obviously there will be a picture. Uh, but yeah, they're just they're just groomed so strangely. <laughs> they Mate. just, yeah, it's, it's a little odd. Like if that was shaved like a normal dog, <laughs> they would look normal, I imagine. Anyway, their back is what? still rounded though. I was gonna say, they have such an arched back. Yeah, it's, it's a little odd. Anyway. So there you go. That's the Bedlington Terrier. Okay. What I wanted to yes. say is like, how do we not like make an article or something about like how the Labrador was finally dethroned as the number one dog breed? Oh, was it the Frenchie? That I took believe over? it was the Frenchie. I thought I saw something on that, but um, yeah, I just, I don't care. Labs are always number one. <laughs> I don't yes. care what they say. Also, Frenchies are freaking adorable. Mm -hmm. Zero doubts. They're like, they're so adorable, but they should not exist. No, they're genetic <laughs> monsters. So any any of the brachycephalic, I can never say it. Brachycephalic. Brachycephalic dogs should not exist and should start being phased out. Mm -hmm. As cute as they are, especially Frenchies. I think Frenchies are mm -hmm. the cutest of all yeah. of them. And did you see that... Uh, you heard that Noodle the Pug passed away, right? I, I talked about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I do remember this now. Yes. But did I, did we talk about like how his owner now is like fostering a couple of pug puppies? I don't think so. Yes. Ooh. Uh, their names are Roni and Tony. Oh my God. In reference to Macaroni and Rigatoni. Oh my gosh. That's cute. <laughs> that he used yeah. to have a Mac and a Rig. Yeah. Anyway, that's cute. Another dog that shouldn't exist. Again, mm -hmm. very cute, but should not exist. Also, Pugs' puppies are ridiculously cute. But once they get older, they're not as cute. Yeah. They're still cute, but 
They're just they're not good. Labs are number one all the time. Labs and Goldens. They're just the best mannered Where dogs. Where does Golden break? I forget. It was always, for the longest time, it was those, well, it was usually Lab and Golden would switch off, and then German mm-hmm. was, German Shepherd was third. Yeah. And then Frenchies have been moving up. So, I'm guessing German Shepherds got dethroned. The damn French. <laughs> the French take on the German. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember where the Goldens are from. Labs are English. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Goldens are from. I really want a Golden. It's just the hair on Goldens mm-hmm. would be a pain. But they're just so sweet. And mm-hmm. I also, same goes for a Maltese. I would really want a Maltese, but I just don't want to deal with that hair. Because they're just the sweetest little dogs. Anyway. All right. Well, that is going to bring us into our picks for this week. And it was Casey's turn to choose. Mm-hmm. What what was the category, Casey? The category was vertebrates native to the Indian Ocean. Yes, vertebrates, folks. Vertebrates. Do you know how many things that covers? <laughs> it makes it so difficult for me to make a choice when there's not a more limited version of things to go through. So anyway, what did you choose, Casey? I went with the sperm whale. Okay, great. Tell us about them. So their scientific name is Physeter macrocephalus. That's fun. Macrocephalus. Mm-hmm. Yes. So big what? what big head. It? Okay. The sperm whale has. So if I want to like insult someone, I can be like macrocephalus. You macrocephalus. Yeah. Could (laughs) I like that? Then they would insult me back. Like, what are you Mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. So the sperm whale has a global distribution and can be found across all the world's oceans. It is estimated that these whales can live to be up into their seventies. They are the largest toothed whale on Earth. They are sexually dimorphic, with males being considerably larger than the females. Males reach about 16 meters to f- and weigh around 40 tons, whereas females are 12 meters and weigh 14 tons. I love that I was about to grab my measuring tape when I realized you are about to get into a size, and I was like, what am I doing? Yes, you have to go outside. That would, uh, yeah, that's not going to work. It's not going to fit in the room. Sperm anyway. whale's main prey is going to consist of squid along with sharks, skates, and fish, and they will eat about 3 to 3.5% of their body weight in food each day. One unique thing about sperm whales is that they actually only have teeth on their lower jaw, which usually has only a little under 30 teeth, but each tooth is about the size and shape of a banana and weighs <laughs> about a kilogram. That's horrifying. Oh, God. The coconut crack. <laughs> it returns. Oh, God. So the upper jaw does have teeth, too, but they are rudimentary and usually don't erupt from the gums. Um, the sperm whale is a deep diving marine mammal and will regularly dive down to 609 meters below the surface, lasting around 45 minutes per dive, but they have been known to go as far down as 3,000 meters for over an hour on some dives. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. These live di- long dives can be taxing and very strenuous on the body, so after these long dives, they must rest, and they will do this by orienting themselves vertically at the surface and rest for several minutes before they can go on their next It dive. is so crazy the way yes. they rest. It's so nuts. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you were just swimming through and you came across yeah. that? You'd be like, uh, <laughs> well, my, what is happening? My boss, she has been to, uh, I can't remember where it was, but um, she was able to see um, whale sharks. They were young whale sharks, so they were only like 12 Jealous. feet long. But, like, they orient themselves very similarly really? and, like, filter feed at the surface. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, that's a bucket list of yep. a whale shark. I want to swim with a whale shark. Mm-hmm. So, um, like many other active predators, the sperm whale has a large brain. In fact, it has the largest brain on Earth. 
Along with the largest brain, they have the loudest sonar, which they use to locate prey in the dark depths of the ocean where there is no light. And they can also focus this sonar to use as a weapon. I remember <laughs> some divers um, talking about sperm whales and how they were free diving because mm-hmm. if you go on with a suit, they get scared by the bubbles. Mm-hmm. But they were interested in them and they started like sending some sonar clicks at them. They could feel it. Ooh, and, like in their body? Yeah. Um, and this one guy, he had when they got out, he could not move his arm <gasps> for several minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah. But they could focus their beam so much that they could rupture your organs. That's not a great situation. No. That wouldn't make me afraid to go. I'm like, I'm curious about you. Know, I want to check you out, but please do not murder me. <laughs> <laughs> All because they're curious. I know. It's like, what is this? <laughs> I go well. It's dead now. Yep. Well, I don't know uh, what happened. <laughs> so that would only affect you if you're in the water, though, right? It wouldn't carry to above the water, right? No. Okay. So just. So what happens if your feet are in the water? Would your feet get messed up? Probably. <laughs> if it started sending some sonar at you, like direct. That yeah. has to be like a direct hit. It's probably not going to target your feet. Yeah. Sperm whales actually get their name from a waxy substance found in their head that is called spermaceti. Um, this is actually an oil sac that helps the whale to focus its sound waves. Um, this spermaceti was once used in oil lamps, lubricants, and candles, and made sperm whales the primary target of several whaling boats. The substance was called spermaceti, which translates to whale semen, and was originally believed to be the whale's sperm. And this also is the origin of the name sperm whale. Very unfortunate that they kept that after. (laughs) The social dynamics and migration patterns of sperm whales is not nearly as well understood as in baleen whales, but females will typically stay in the same social unit for their entire lives, typically in the tropics, but males will leave their pod between ages 4 and 21 and join bachelor schools with males of similar age and size. As they get older, the males will start heading out towards the poles and gradually bachelor pods get smaller and larger males are usually found on their own but will return to the tropical waters to mate with the females. The sperm whale is currently listed as vulnerable by the IUCN Red List and their populations were once decimated by commercial whaling but thankfully this threat has ceased and in modern times the most serious threat this species face is entanglement in fishing gear and pollution. Hmm. They're so cool. Yes. I love also that they actually go off and make bachelor pods and mm-hmm. then leave. It just makes me feel like they're like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> and then they leave the bachelor yeah. pod after a while. Anyway. All right. Well, like I said, I struggled. <laughs> I was like, oh, do I do another whale? We've done so many whales. And I was like, well, sharks are cool too. We've done a lot of sharks. But then I saw this shark and I had to do it. I chose a zebra shark. And their scientific name is Stegostoma tigrinium. Tigrinum. Tigrinum, I think is more like it. These sharks are found in tropical waters of the Western Pacific and Indian Ocean, usually around coral reefs. It is estimated that they live from 25 to 30 years. These sharks mainly field on a variety field. <laughs> These sharks mainly feed on a variety of marine invertebrates like snails, shrimp, crabs, urchin, but will feed on small fish as well. They will often wriggle into crevices and caves while searching for food, and they are nocturnal, so most of this goes on during the evening. During the daytime hours, they will spend their time resting on the ocean floor. These sharks also have barbels. What are barbels? 
You know what, like, catfish have? Oh, they're okay, called okay, barbels, okay. but they're not as many, and they're smaller. Okay, okay. Uh, they're whisker-like organs near the front of their snout, which helps them locate their prey. They may have small mouths, but they also have strong gill muscles, which help them to suck up their prey in one gulp. They are 3.5 meters long. The zebra shark shark's name seems kind of odd at first glance because they're covered in spots. The zebra shark gets the name zebra shark because when they are juveniles, they are a dark brown color with white stripes, which gradually fade to a tan color with leopards-like spots. So they basically go, <laughs> so instead of like a leopard can't change its spots, it's like a zebra can change its stripes. Yeah. Anyway. Because of its change in appearance, it also gets the common name leopard shark, which is a perfect example of how confusing common names which are, which shows why scientific names are so important. I feel like it'd be more cheetah shark than leopard shark. Don't you? They're just dots. They're not yeah. like a little... It's a zebra cheetah shark. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Many open ocean or pelagic sharks are ram ventilators, which means they have to keep moving to keep water moving over their gills to breathe. But the zebra shark is a bottom-dwelling shark, and they have the ability to pump water over their gills while they are resting on the ocean floor. They can do this by using their mouth or by pulling water through their spiracles, yep. which are located behind each eye, and push water over the gills. And to make this job easier, these sharks will face into the ocean current so that the water naturally flows across their gills. These sharks have a very long top lobe on their tail fin, which is almost as long as the rest of their body. Whew. So these sharks are very slow swimming. They have a more cylindrical shape than some other sharks, so they move with an eel-like wiggle. Oh, that's cute. I want to see it. In some areas, they have been seen surfing, in quotations, and will swim into the ocean current and adjust their fins to remain nearly motionless in the water column. The zebra shark is currently listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List, and their population is declining. These sharks are caught in the fishing industry for their meats, and their fins are used to make shark fin soup in traditional Chinese medicines and in traditional Chinese medicines. To help combat the issue of shark finning, which often involves cutting the shark's fins off and tossing it back alive, back in 2000, it became illegal to possess shark fins without the bodies, and the U.S. government prohibited foreign fishing vessels from shark finning in U.S. exclusive economic zones. Anyway, they're super cute. They're cute as babies and they're cute as adults. They're just beautiful no matter how you look at them. Yeah, I know there are some aquariums where you can actually go in and swim with them. Oh, I want to do that. Me too. And, uh, hey, Casey, you were talking about whales a little bit before there. Yes, I Why was. should you never make a contract with a whale? Mm. I don't know. Because they'll eventually breach it. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, you are in breach of contract. All right, so that is going to bring us to our animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is... The Antarctic Petrel. The Antarctic Petrel. Tell us about them. So these guys come from the order Procella Areformis. Okay. And they're in the family Procella Areidae. Okay. <laughs> and their scientific name is Thalosoca mm -hmm. Antarctica. Okay. I like the last part. That part's easy. <laughs> yeah. So, as you may guess from this month, 
and the name. They are found around Antarctica. Their range is found across the Southern Ocean. They are often found on Antarctic Peninsula, the Ross Sea, and the Weddell Sea. It's estimated they live about 15 to 20 years, but estimates have been difficult, and some have put it up as them possibly living up to 50 years. Wow. Yes. They're about 42 centimeters long, and they are have a wingspan of about 100 to 110 centimeters. That's pretty big. 42 is their body. Yes, that is their body length. Like. That's pretty big. And 110? Yes. Is almost as far as I can reach, which is about 43 inches. That's pretty big. That's yeah. a big bird. Yep, decent size. And they weigh about 675 grams. Okay. Yep. So, as a marine bird, they are limited in what they can eat because there is not a salad bar around. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> they will be mainly feeding on krill, squid, and fish. They will feed while swimming, uh, but they will occasionally dive to go after fish, and they can dive either from the surface or in the air. But typically, it's closer to the surface, and they only go down about one and a half meters deep. Okay. Yep. Fun fact, um, the word petrol is actually a reference to St. Peter, who walked on water, and petrels get the name because they run on water as part of their takeoff procedure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Also, uh, these are kind of unique birds because they are the only members of their genus. Okay. Whereas there are actually several petrel species, so I do not know actually how closely related they are to other birds called petrels. Okay, weird. <laughs> they are relatively social birds. Um, they live in tightly packed colonies on various islands, but some colonies... Um, most colonies are on islands, um, but some have been found up to 250 kilometers inland. Oh, wow, okay. Um, there are currently 35 known colonies of these birds, and the largest has about 225,000 breeding pairs. Ooh, that's a lot of birds. Yes. Um, these guys will nest on snow-free cliffs on the islands, and the pairs will lay a single egg, and they will take turns incubating for about 45 to 48 days, and then there will be a nestling period where they are stuck with a chatty little chick at, for about the same amount of time. Oh, when they're stuck with it? That's what I think of parenting as. <laughs> okay. You're stuck with the child. Yes. Ed, these are relatively gay birds because... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Roughly 4% of pairs are female-female. Oh. Yeah. So they're just like, we don't need to. They're, don't need I no guess man. they're not stuck with the, ch nope. the chatty chick. <laughs> oh, but here's a, something I found really cute. In this okay. species, there are often more females than males in a breeding colonies. So uh, many females don't get to breed every single year. So um, instead, some of the pairs will actually allow the single ladies to join in. <gasps> and that way they can gain some experience Aww, raising chicks. Oh, that's so nice. They get a break. Yep. They're like they get a cool ant. It's mm -hmm. like you want to see if you want to test this out, <laughs> see if you like this. Yeah, I just found that really cute. That's adorable. Um, these birds may appear helpless to predators if anything were to come and attack them, but they do actually have a gross defense mechanism. Um, <laughs> okay. They actually make a foul-smelling oil in their stomach, so part of that is for feeding themselves on long flights. They will also use it to feed their chicks. But they can also spray it if a predator decides to get too close. So they're feeding their chicks with foul-smelling oil, or they yes. just make it foul-smelling when they spray it at a predator? I could neither confirm or <laughs> deny that. Okay, great. But it's multi-purpose. Okay, great. 
Also, uh, fun. Most birds don't have good sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, since they are seabirds, they also have um, these glands that kind of act sort of like how your kidneys are, and they will help to extract excess salt from their body because hmm. they get too much from being out at sea. Right. And then they excrete it through their nasal passages. Lovely. <laughs> yes. And also, apparently, so I'm not entirely sure if these birds could smell it because they actually have larger nasal passages okay. than a typical bird. Great. Um, and thankfully, they are currently listed as least concerned, but unfortunately, there is potential for the, our numbers to decline, largely due to overfishing as well as climate change is going to undoubtedly affect their food resources. That makes sense. I'm still, okay, so spraying something stinky at a predator, mm-hmm. what's preying on them? That the I birds? could, so there are, on these islands, there are introduced cats. Oh. Um, I believe there's on some of the sub-Antarctic islands, there's also foxes that were introduced there. Okay. Um, and if they're near the shoreline, maybe a seal or something. Oh, a lot of, actually, I remember now. Um, so their main predator is actually another bird called a skua. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and they actually have a surprisingly high success rate when it comes to hatching. About 70 to 90% of eggs hatch. Of the petrels. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And these skuas will often come and try to hunt their chicks. Oh, so no. they will vomit to get them to go away. I just want that to be a pair with like the two aunties with them <laughs> and they all vomit like together. Synchronized vomiting at oh, the predator. <laughs> they can alert circle around the chick because they have four of them, you know? Yeah. Fantastic. Anyway. Oh, all right. Well, that mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. That was the Antarctic petrel. They're a cool bird. And uh, that's going to bring us into our challenge. And I thought you might uh, struggle with this a little more, but last time I realized you know all the penguins from the Madagascar movies. So our challenge this time, uh, I did one before that we had to name animals that were white or blue because those are the two main colors I associate with Antarctica. Mm -hmm. So this time we are going to name, I'm going to open it up so it's not just Disney. So it's any animated animal. Any animated animal. That is predominantly white or blue. So they can have other colors on them, but they have to mostly be white. Over 50% white. Okay. Or over 50% blue. Hmm. And they don't have to be relegated to, like, a certain area. They're just an animated animal from Disney, whoever. Whoever. Yeah. Okay. DreamWorks, whatever. Oh, let's see who's going first. We need the timer. Five minutes. Five minutes. It's me. It's two. This is the second, third time I'm using the D8 instead of the D20. No, we do not want to do this for 45 minutes. That would be rough, my friend. Alrighty, I'm set. Okay, ready, go. Marie. Marie? We will get Oh, I know Marie. It. How dare you, you uncultured swine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Poe from Kung Fu Panda. Which one's Poe? The panda. Oh my God, that is his name. That's right. <laughs> I forgot. It's been so long since I've seen that. Okay, I'm going to stay in the same movie, Duchess. They can be in the same movie, by the way. Okay. Um... I'll go in Penguins Madagascar. Kowalski. <laughs> gonna do all the penguins. All right. I'm gonna say the white rabbit. Private. <laughs> okay. I'm going to horses. Achilles. <laughs> Rico. <laughs> okay. Um, oh my god, where am I? Um, oh my god, Max, Maximus. Skipper. <laughs> um Samson. Marty, he's the zebra in the movie. <laughs> okay. Ah. 
borderline. Okay. That's you said white or blue? Yeah, white or okay. blue. Um, okay. I'm going to I'm going to jump to a different color. I'm going to go Dory. Damn, you took mine. Sorry. Bruce. He's the shark. Yeah, he's he's mostly, blue. He's mostly like gray. Is he? I guess when he was blue. Is he blue? I'll let it slide. I don't okay. know. He's really more. But he's isn't he a great white? Yeah. So he's gray. Okay. <laughs> I'm not accepting that. <laughs> All right. It's the shade of the ocean. It's just the water made okay. him that. Uh, uh, okay. It's your turn still, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. I'm off. I'm off my mojo now. I know. Oh. I started oh, losing it. Nope. I just already said Shoot. That. What's his name? Oh, Pepe Le Pew. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Bianca from The Rescuers. White or blue? Mm-hmm. Good Lord, what There aren't as many blue ones. Nope, I might have to go back to white. Yeah, there aren't a ton of blue ones. What is wrong with me? Oh my gosh. Oh wait, is Crane white? Yeah, Crane is white. Yeah. Who's Crane? <laughs> From Kung Fu Panda. Oh my god, I don't know any of these people. Um oh. I saw it like when it first oh. came out. Okay. Um oh god, I had one in mind and now I've lost it. You just said that and I've lost it. Who was it? Oh god. Really? Um, I think he would count. What's his name? Is his name really Puffin? I think his name is Puffin. I'm going to go double check if I'm right on that. From the Swan Princess. Oh. I think it is literally Puffin. We'll see if I'm right. I just need to know the characters' names. Okay. Um... What is the penguin's name in Happy Feet? Oh, God. I don't remember. <gasps> it won't load the Swan Prince. <laughs> Why am I struggling so much with this? Oh, what is... The thing is, I keep on jumping around, and then I can't focus and think of the name. I know. You have to stick to a spot. Oh, I might be lying to you. It might not be Puffin. Oh, it's not? I don't know. I'm trying to find just the care. I really should probably just go to IMDb. You keep going. I know. I'm I'll thinking, have a replacement. I'm trying to think. That came out the year you were born. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, his name is Puffin. Okay, I was right. Oh, it was Puffin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dodge a bullet. I did. <laughs> Not really, because you're better at this than me. <laughs> Why am I struggling? I don't know. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't go in that direction yet. Can I do it if it's their title in the movie and name? We'll say what it is. It's I'll... the three blind mice from Shrek. Because I am positive they don't have names. Um, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. That's fine. Um, Pongo. Pongo. Hmm. All the other donations are up for grabs. There's a lot of them. I, 
That was what I was like thinking is like, why can't I remember the damn names? I can name like six of them. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh. Okay. We're Oh. Yeah. I think two. Chance also would have been acceptable too. Although it's not animated, I'm sorry. He's not animated. Oh yeah. Had to be it animated. was animated. So anyway, alright, well, I didn't count how many we did, so I'll have to go back either. and look. But we did okay. Yeah. I just wish I'd gone the Dalmatians sooner, because I could have shot I those brought... off forever. <sighs> Pongo, Perdita, Penny, Lucky, Patch, Rolly. <laughs> I'm so glad for those penguins. Yeah, I know. I was thinking, I'm like, oh, he's going to die in this, because I would start with the horses in Disney. Mm -hmm. And Maria, and, oh, my God. First of all, someone posted, it was like on, I don't know, I saw it on, like, Facebook or one of these places like instagram or tumblr not tumblr or twitter and someone had like posted a picture of this little white kitten and it had a little pink bow and then someone was like it's marie and then a person commented like it's just a white cat with a bow why is it marie and it's like oh and like put a little like you know gif of her and, like, oh my goodness because i'm a lady that's why and it's like you uncultured swine how do you not know that's very clearly marie Ladies can don't stop fights, but they can finish them. Anyway, I love her. It's so oh great. Anywho, all right. Well, that is going to wrap up episode 119. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Bye.